When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Knowing the past opens a door to the future, and at State Farm, they're committed to black futures. In collaboration with organizations like the 100 Black Men and the National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for savings and investing while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You're now listening to The Check-In with Black Menswear, and I'm your host, Neandre Broussard, CEO and founder of Black Menswear. It's unfortunate that black men have had to fight negative perceptions that not only make our personal journeys more difficult, but directly impact the wider African-American community. On The Check-In, we provide proof against these stereotypes by discussing engaging topics that uplift our community through interviews of inspiring individuals with stories of racks to riches, defeat to victory, and just downright interesting stuff you'll want to hear. Although Black Men's World was birthed out of a love for men's fashion and style, that love has blossomed into one of the internet's foremost communities for men to gain encouragement, inspiration, and of course, style and swag tips. We've literally gone viral over and over again for our flash mobs. Now, you ain't gotta be black to listen to this podcast, but you do have to keep an open mind and have a desire to be a part of something to change the narrative. Thanks for tapping in. This is The Check-In with Black Men's Wear. What's up, the amazing audience out there? We're super excited to have you guys here for the check-in today. We have my brother, man, my brother, the drip god himself, the Rich Fresh, on with us today. Rich, my guy, how are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic, bro. I'm doing great. Um, Yeah, life is good, man. I don't have a single complaint, man. Just just out here working. It's Grammy weekend, so it's a busy weekend. Hey man, Grammy weekend, bro! Shout out! I could, I can only imagine uh, the the people. Can, can you can you give me just a little inkling of of who's wearing Rich Fresh this weekend? Um, well, you know, I can tell you two names. Like one of them, I'm pretty sure he's going to. Um, but I gotta, I gotta kind of wait. Um, but by the time this okay. airs, it'll be. I'm pretty sure it'll be cool. Um, obviously, you know, we got my man Kirk Franklin. Um, for sure, we got LL Cool J. Uh, okay. We got my man E Forty, and we okay. got my man, uh, the King of the West Coast, Dr. Dre. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, just just a couple, just you know, a couple just, people. Just legends this you know? around, man. You know, I'm I'm the new the newcomers. I'm gonna let them wear Balenciaga, whatever that other shit is they want to wear, but. This time, it's just legends, man. I just got the icons. Yeah. No, I love it, man. I love it. And, you know, even even to that, like how how it got to this point, right? And I and I appreciate the journey, bro. I appreciate being able to see the journey. Um, somewhat, I ain't say can't say firsthand, obviously, because I ain't there with you every day. But seeing seeing the strategy, seeing how you implement it, having these conversations with you off the cuff, where you talking about Dre, bro. 
I got something coming. Like, just know I got something. And then next thing I know, boom, here it is. Mm-hmm. Um, for you, for you, fam, like this journey to going from a tailor who underpriced himself to then understanding your worth and understanding your value then positioning yourself to be in a whole di- again, y'all. I know the story. You know, what I'm saying? positioning yourself to be in a whole new space because you respected the work that you were doing, and now you're in a whole different stratosphere, bro. Like, how does it? How how have how have you been able to stay consistent along the way, even as you you've changed levels, you've changed gears, but 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 fresh hasn't changed. Right. Fresh is the same dude from day one. And I mean, I, I think that's really the. That's the answer um, is that my core values didn't change. Like who I am didn't change. You know, the designs change, the prices change, the customers change. But, you know, the same fresh. I, I remember when you when, when I met you, bro, you know, I had the blonde hair. I had the wrap around my hair. I was wearing the lambskin jacket. And it was just the same, yeah. like this brash new character in this space. It was just bringing something that the industry hadn't seen. Um, and I still think like at my core, I'm still that guy. Like I still have this underdog vibe, even though like, I feel like top dog a lot, but I still have that hunger and drive of a, of an underdog. Like I still got this point to prove. Um, and I think that's just kept me real honest throughout my career. And, um, and you know, like it, it keeps, it keeps me hungry, man. It keeps me constantly putting out something new, uh, instead of, you know, just like, it's real easy, man, to have a hit song and think that you, you it, you know what I'm saying? As opposed to yeah, having a hit right, song, right. but then being hungry enough to get back in the studio and con- come up with more hits. And I think I'm just, yeah. I'm in love with the process. You know, I really love what I do. Um, and, you know, again, man, at my core, like I'm a 19 year old alterations tailor, man. Just this kid that had this idea yeah. of like, man, can I take this sewing machine and make it make money for me? And to just see, how far that has gotten me, you know, it's still fascinating, man. Like I'm, I still feel like that kid. That's in, in, but that's a good point though, right? Because as long as you stay hungry, you're gonna stay innovative. You're gonna stay ahead of Correct. the game, right? Because I, t- I think to your point, where people kind of get get off track as they get settled. They're like to your point, I got a hit song, boom. It's like, all right, well, that hit song is not going to be multi-generational building right. there. You know what I'm saying? Your, your kids can't eat off of one hit song. Unless, you know, most likely your kids not your kids and your grandkids are not going to be able to eat off of one hit right. song, right? You got to keep coming out with consistency and Correct. consistency. And that's something you've been doing, right? I, I look at it from first the yellow tab, right? right? Then we go from yellow tab to two stripes. Right. Then we go from two stripes to Henry Mask. Right. Then we go from Henry Mask to tracksuits, neoprene. Right. Then we go from custom now to slightly ready to right. wear. Like I'm just, I'm just like <laughs> all the layers of it is how it's, you know, uh, uh, how you've been able to navigate that and do that. But that even comes back to conversation that you and I have long time ago. Right? I go back to, I go back to uh, when we met up here in Dallas in the hotel room, and you was topping it up with me. You said, Dre, you gotta be able to do more than suits. Like I gotta be able. You like, you like everybody don't wear suits, but everybody need a rich, fresh product. Right. And like I've seen you, you 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 said it then. That was what four four years yeah. ago. And like every year, you come out with a new product, bro. So kudos to you on not only saying it but doing it, right? Mm-hmm. How do you how, how, from that perspective? A lot of niggas talk, a lot of people say stuff, but they don't right. do right. What 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 in you makes you do when others don't? Um, 
I mean, I'm a true creative, man. Like this is this is not a game. Like, and this is this is my gift. Like, this is the gift God gave me, and it's the gift that I give back to the world. Creation for me is like breathing. You know what I'm saying? It's just what I do. Like, I can just sit up and if you give me 15 minutes of quiet time, I'm gonna think of something new. Um, yeah. And you know, I still like. You know, I had it rough. You know what I mean? Like, I'm from Memphis. I'm from, I'm from nothing. I'm from dirt. I'm from hustle, or you can't feed yourself. You can't feed your child. And part of that hustle was constantly coming up with some shit. Like, I had to constantly come up with something that I could sell to somebody, so that I could make sure that Ava was straight, that make sure I, that I could pay my rent. Yeah. So, um, I know my ability to create. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like I have uh, an obligation, not just to the culture and not just to my audience, but to, there's a lot of people that's watching, you know what I'm saying? That I'm going to be inspiring or motivating in some way. And I feel like I have an obligation to show them that level of passion and consistency. So, you know, I, 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 I don't, you know, like, I mean, I remember, man, so many times throughout my career where I'll hit a certain quote-unquote high and people say oh bro you there you there bro you good and i'm like nah man this is just one plateau like you got so many more levels like bro i got a shoe coming out i got i got track suits and different materials you ain't even seen coming out i got all kind of shit just because for me it's just about the creation you know if i was a painter i would paint something every day you know this is this is my version of painting yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you you opened up with it. This is your God given gift. Right. And I think what a lot of times happens with people that they have it in them, but they get distracted by other things. Mm-hmm. And so it's not what they're able to thrive in, but you sit, you know, you're, you're thriving in it. You're focused on it. And, and that's a big thing for people that, 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 might be thinking about well my gift is this but this is what I'm doing mm-hmm. I feel you I feel you from that same mm-hmm. lane right like I'm now as of this year right I'm fully in on my mm-hmm. gift if you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a big mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat then that wasn't a road trip it was just a really long drive at participating McDonald's and and with that with that step for me it was it was it was nothing but a step out on faith, right? Because I and it's funny because I'm having conversations now where people are asking me like, "How's the entrepreneur journey?" Like you one month in, and it's like, this is the first time, just from a numbers perspective, right? This is the first time in a long time that I ain't made X amount of dollars per right. month, right? Because of the industry that I was in, but I was, you know, in financial services. Once I hit a certain level, like it's just coming. Like I didn't really have to do much. It, it's it's you know it's just kind of coming, and. But for me, I'm like, I feel better now <laughs> with that even, but but now I see the compounds that are coming mm-hmm. because I see, because I, I was able to let that go from a timing perspective. Now I'm all in and walking in mm-hmm. on it. So I'm like, oh, bro, three, two months from now, three months from now, a year from now, three years mm-hmm. from now, I'm going to be like, dang, I can't believe I was giving my time away. For that, you know, uh, and, and and not just thinking, focus on the monetary, right? But I do, you know, do got to feed the family and that those kind of things. And so, like that perspective of it. But now that I'm walking in it, I feel you 100. percent And it's like, okay, how do we come up with something yeah. new? 
How do we come up with right. something different? And and just being able to to realize that and understand that, man, it's, it is a good feeling. Yeah, yeah it is a good feeling. And, you feeling. know, you don't have, like, distractions, man. Distractions keep us from our greatness, you know what I'm saying? And sometimes a job can be a distraction. You know, that's 40 hours of your week. That's 40 active hours of your prime energy that you're giving to someone. And if it's not given towards the thing that you're most passionate about, what do you have left to go towards your passion? You know what I mean? A lot of people, it's not the job, it's TV or it's bullshit or it's gossip or it's hanging out or it's, you know what I'm saying? Like people just come up sometimes with distractions, you know, which just keeps them from focusing on what could I be doing different? And I know we talked about this a long time ago, but I removed as many distractions from me as possible. I don't watch TV. I don't go out and party. I, I just don't spend time in the bullshit you know what i'm saying like just because yeah. everybody else doing it yeah. um and for me like i never really worked a job you know what i mean since i was 19 years old i've always just been hustling you know i've had a couple jobs here and there but like throughout my career i probably had a job for four years of my adult life the rest of it has been yeah. figuring out how to hustle so you get a lot of yeah. time to yourself to figure out the degree of your hustle you know yeah. and like you said over time just like, you know, the financial services, your first month in versus your last month in, your your income, your revenue has grown and compounded over that period of time because your knowledge of what you're doing, your application of the, right. the skill that, that you've acquired has grown. The same thing is going to happen right. when you apply it to your own business. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, right. Yeah. Knowing the past opens a door to the future. And at State Farm, they're committed to black futures. In collaboration with organizations like the 100 Black Men and the National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for savings and investing while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Knowing the past opens a door to the future, and at State Farm, they're committed to black futures. In collaboration with organizations like the 100 Black Men and the National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for savings and investing while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there, and that's the that's the that's the that's the focus, right? Entrepreneurs that are out there, you heard that the same thing, and 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 I want to say this too. Uh, now your journey was a, you know a little different getting there, right? But like I hear a lot of entre- entrepreneurs or people that are thinking about entrepreneurship, that's like I'm just gonna quit right. today. Like they're and I'm like wait wait hold on like what's what's your plan? What's your strategy? What's your tactic? nobody's telling you just to quit just because like you need to. And that's for me. Like I was building this over, over a five year period of working full time, but that allowed me the resources to invest into the business. Mm, Right. Right. So now I got, I'm, I'm coming, I'm coming into entrepreneurship. I'm already at step H in the process. I ain't at step A, you know what I'm saying? But I hear a lot of people that are like, I'm going to just go for it. And then for some, for some, it works out, but for others, it's like levels, level set yourself and utilize what you're doing, if you can, utilize what you're doing to help pour into your your into your passion, and then kind of take the right timing of things, right? right. Yeah, for most you know most cases, 
like mine, like, and I don't think that you even know this part of my story. The real reason that I'm even in this space, I got fired from a job when I was 19 years old. When I was 19, about to turn 20, I was a bank teller. You know, like I was just this clean cut kid wearing khakis and button downs working at the bank. And I got fired for like leaving town to go see my aunt who was, who was uh, like, you know, she was just on, on, she was living in her last few days. So I went to go see her. Yeah. And because I didn't get it approved by management, they fired me as soon as I got back. And after that, I was like, man, I don't like that shit. I don't like someone feeling like they can control yeah. my time, but right. I ain't got no job now. Like how am I going to make money? And I was just yeah. like, man, I do a bunch of things well, but I really love sewing. Like I, I do that shit for free. So why don't I just figure out how can I make some real money sewing instead of like little change? Yeah. And that's what drove me to start my first business was the abruptness of there's no more income. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it, it, it's yeah. like fight or flight. Like shit, I'm going to either go through the same bullshit I just came out of, give me another job working for someone who's not going to properly value me or... Let me figure out how to hustle out here in these streets. And that's what that's what led me to say, okay, I'm going to brand myself as a tailor. Um, and I just, you know, I mean, God is great. I, you know, I was just able to, to stick with it. I, I, I've, I've, been, I've been this close to leaving the world of tailoring quite a few times. But, yeah. you know, I always came back to it. Um, and it, it's, it's definitely taking care of me and my family for sure. Yeah, man. I, <clears throat> speaking of family, right? You, you dropped Ava a little earlier, mm-hmm. man. How does how does uh, how does being a dad fuel you as well, right? You, of course, you got the creative because you love what you do. But like, what what does that do for you? How did that change your world? Uh, joining the fraternity of fatherhood. Um, well, I mean, big time, man. You know. Um, and I, I had a daughter, you know, I had my daughter relatively young. You know, I was in my mid twenties. Um, I turn this car. <laughs> uh, but um, you know, I, I I had my daughter relatively young. I was in my mid twenties, and I didn't know shit about you know parenthood. But what I did know is that I had somebody watching me. Um. And I made a ton of mistakes. I mean, I made a ton of mistakes along the way. Um, but I think me cutting out a lot of the nonsense and just staying persistent. It's a lot of times I really wanted to just lay down and quit. Just like, man, fuck this shit. This time I wanted to blow my brains out. I ain't going to lie. Like, she was just so fucked up. I was like, bro, fuck this shit. But I got this kid, man. It, it would break our heart. You know what I'm saying? To to read that headline or to get that news or to see me fail. You know, when I was in the shelter, it was like, I couldn't even, I couldn't let no one know. Cause I was like, man, my daughter can't know I'm, I'm down like this because I'm her dad. You know what I mean? Like that's going embarrassing. You know how embarrassed I'd be if it was like, man, your daddy homeless. That'd be embarrassing as fuck. So right. for me, it was just like, right. man, you ain't got no choice. Cause it's not really about you now. It's about this child that you brought into the world. If you don't do your job right, you're going to have a negative impact on her ability to do her job right yeah. now. So for me, yeah. it's really been very much. 
you know, like, again, I know that there's an audience of people that's watching me that I want to inspire and motivate. But the number one person I'm inspiring and motivating is my daughter, you know, and she wants to be so much like me that I got to make sure I give her something worth being like. For sure. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a good that is a very good point. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody out there, they don't do they support you? Yeah. Do they love you? Yeah. But at the end of the day, who matters? My family. You know what I'm saying? My daughter, my sons, right? My sons, my wife. Like that's the only people, you know, it's funny, I was having a conversation with my CEO as as I was on my way out. And I was kind of relaying some things to him. I was like, man, you know, should I hold on to this or should I hold on to this? And I don't want to disappoint. He said, who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cut off? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. He told me, look me straight in my face. And that's why I love I love my CEO. He's, he's definitely a mentor now, right, for me. Because <clears throat> you know, because one CEO to another, now we can have different kind of conversations. Right uh, but but uh, one of the things he told me, he was like, "My personal recommendation for you is go all in." Like you told me about your goal for your business, you got to go all in. You ain't got to worry about disappointing nobody. I'm the chairman of a board. Am I gonna make them happy with everything I do? No. But you know who I do care about? My wife and my mother. As long as at the end of the day, I'm pleasing them and I'm not disappointing right. them. I'm cool, right? And like he said that, I was like, to your point, that's the same thing. Like people going to be out there, they're going to say what they want to say. It don't matter. But who is it landing on that's most important? Are they happy with my decision? Are they happy with what I'm doing? If they can be happy and they can be pleased by it, cool. I'm living a great life no matter what else is going on. Real talk. Now, you talked about this uh, this little shoey shoe Ooh. you got coming out. You know what I'm saying? You, you, this, this, this little shoe. Uh, come on, man. Give me give me a little bit. I got. Can I get that a little exclusive here on the check-in about this yeah, shoe? Yeah, I can give you some exclusive talk. I can't show it to you yet. Um, I actually okay, got them. Like, sure. I've been wearing them for like the past month and a half every day. It's the only shoe okay. I wear. Um, so, yeah, man. I, um, I had the great fortune of meeting someone because you know it's always been my dream to be a big designer like and that's really why i positioned my bespoke brand the way i did i was like you know what it's a lot of custom tailors out here but they don't have a brand you know they have a product but they don't have a brand like i need to present myself as a fashion brand off the jump um let me do the stripes let me do the yellow tab even the the brand, like, it's not Rich Fresh, you know, like, my name's not Rich Fresh, you know what I mean? Like, that's not my real name, but it's not, you know, something, something Brothers & Co. Or it's not, it's no long, drawn out, it's Rich Fresh. Simple to the point. Because it feels like a, it feels like a brand. And I was very intentional about that. And um, fast forward, years later, man, uh, I run into this cat. We were actually neighbors, man. We lived in the same neighborhood in Calabasas. Um, And he is one of the, man, biggest names in shoe manufacturing. Like, he's a legend. He's an absolute fucking legend. I can't even say his name because it would, it would, it would scare the shit out of everybody. But um, he's been responsible for some of the biggest brands, product development in the market period. Like when you think of the biggest shoe brands in the market, 
he's been responsible for a lot of their development from Yeezy to Nike to Adidas to Carhu to, I mean, Diodor, all like any, like he's just so out there. So, anywho, we connected and um, I think he really resonated with, with my mission, you know what I'm saying? Like how I move. And um, we decided to partner, you know, like, on, on the custom side, I've been doing my thing. I've been solo dolo. And it's worked well for me because, you know, I've been able to march to the beat of my own drum. But this commercialization and getting the product real ready to wear, really out in the market, really on global distribution, you know, it's, it's a new world for me. So partnering with someone who's got some familiarity in that space was really important. Um, and still keeping it where I... I'm I'm the I own the lion's share of my company. I'm not like getting rid of everything and I, I look up and I work for somebody. Like that that's never been the thing for me. Um so just connecting with someone that had all the resources already in place and we could just collectively partner and do something major. And bro, we got some beautiful shoes. Uh and these are these are luxury sneakers. They're not dress shoes. These are like luxury sneakers. The flyest, most comfortable shit you've ever seen, you've ever worn. Um, and they'll be coming to the market real soon, probably like the next 45 days. So very soon, by the time spring really hits, you're going to see Rich Fresh, um, truly, truly in the market. Okay. So <clears throat> when I come and I do my, uh, LA event on May 6th, oh, yeah, yeah, already be here. I'm going to have, I'm going to have the sneakers yeah, on to do my, 100%. okay. No, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure, for sure. No, and 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 I I love how you hit that right because I even go again. I go back to um, I say the conversation we had in your factory in L.A. Um, when you was when I was like, bro, I can't believe like you did because 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 I remember when first you was like, yo, I got this factory that I'm using. I got to make sure I got something that's close to here because I need the turnaround times mm-hmm. that I want. And next thing I know, you like, yeah, I bought my factory. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was like, wait. <laughs> Wait, you was using them and now you bought the Very factory nice. and then to be able to walk to walk into it. And this is when you like the mass production was like bananas, yeah. bananas. And to be able to walk in and I asked you, I said, bro, how did you get to here? He said, bro, you see them people? Um, uh, who, I think it was Patrick was in there. Chase uh-huh. was in there. Like, bro, my team. Right. And it just as you're going into this next phase with the, the kind of ready to wear perspective, it's like, man, I ain't good at taxes. Right. I'm not good at, you know, the, 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 those marketing components. That's what they good right. at. But I trust them. They understand the mission and the, what we're going with the organization. I trust them. And I built a team. Bro, I took that to heart. When I tell you, my, like, I took that to heart from like, dang, I shouldn't be doing this all this, all this by right. myself. And that's really where I started building a team around me. Straight like, and now that you're even moving, as you're continuing to move forward into different spaces and lanes, understanding that it ain't for you to do all by yourself. Like I said, you've been able to successfully do uh, uh, an aspect of things, but it ain't for you to all do it by yourself as you got hey man, money calls, right. money calls. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all good. <laughs> how, you know, uh, um, uh, how important was it for you to move into getting out of just oh it's just me rich fresh versus this is the rich fresh empire this is a team of people like at at, at what point or how pivotal was that for you to be where you are today i mean it was very pivotal because you know prior to rich fresh i'd always done things solo like my first business 
you know, I was doing alterations for like a gang of dry cleaners. And for the most part, it was me doing all the work. You know, I, I, I hired a buddy of mine at one point and he was helping like break shit apart, but it's still me at the machine. It's still me driving, making the drop. It's still me putting together the invoices. Yeah. And it's hard to scale when you're doing everything yourself. Um, when I opened my dry cleaners, uh, like a year later, you know, I hired one chick to like help do alterations, but she didn't know her shit. So I was basically teaching her how to do shit while running the register, while making the drops. Yeah. And I just saw like, man, you, you really like my burnout rate was like crazy. I was burning out so, so, so quick. And, um, and even, you know, everything I did up until 2018, when I actually sat down and launched Rich Fresh, man, I felt tripping. Hold on. <laughs> I just want to make sure that everything I got. Right, I'm going to call you right back, man. I didn't put this on my own. On do not disturb. Leave me alone for a minute. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. I appreciate it. I feel special. You know what I'm saying? I feel special, no, bro. Up, man. I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to talk to my dog real quick. Um, but, um, I cannot talk right now. Um, anyhow, uh, it's been incredibly important. Um, you know, when, when I launched Rich Fresh, I, um, it was the first time, you know, God, God spoke to me and I ain't had no money. Like when I launched Rich Fresh, I had $300. That's all the money I had in the world. And I was staying in a little Airbnb that cost $66 a night. So you only got so many nights of that and your $300 yeah. is gone. Um, yeah. So, you know, I was just hustling, man. I was like, fuck, I just got to make more today than I have to spend today. And as long as I can do that consistently, yeah. then I'll be up. And um, I remember God came to me and God was like, you need you need someone to help you. Like, you got to be in more places than one. Um, you're spending too much money Uber and you need to hire an assistant who got a car. And then you not only have the benefit of the vehicle, but you got the benefit of someone else who can do things for you while you're doing your thing. I was like, damn, yeah. God, I, I ain't got no money. And God was like, you ain't going to get none unless you get some help. Like, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. What, you, you, you can't put the cart before the horse. You got to put the horse in front. And sometimes it's difficult, but like yeah. the cart is not going to pull the horse. You have to put the horse in front. And the horse yeah. was just like. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Coming to the realization that you got to spend this money expecting more to come in. Like the whole point in getting yeah. help is to make more money. It's not just to spend money. It's to yeah. make money. So. I just had to trust God and, you know, I hired an assistant, you know, part-time, um, it was like 20 hours a week, but it was, it was 500 a week. You know what I'm saying? It was like 25 hours to 20 bucks an hour, you know, it's 500 a week. It was like, shit. All right. Well, yeah. I got to make sure that I make at least enough to pay my assistant. And that was where my mind started to shift and it was like, okay, 
make sure every week you can pay your assistant. Yeah. So that, that gave me a threshold. You got to make at least this much because you got to, which yeah. means that you got to put her to work so that you can get that much value out of her, if not more. Right. So you can go do your thing. Right. And then, you know, I, I just right. remember um, really reading on like the Henry Ford model and how, you know, Henry Ford was not a smart man. Well, he wasn't an educated man. He was definitely smart, but he had this system in place. Like he had a desk and he had all these little, like these little buzzer boxes all along his desk. Yeah. And anytime he needed to access some information, he would just hit the buzzer and someone would show up or they would, yes, Mr. Ford. I need to know this. Yeah. I need to know this. He didn't need to know the shit because he hired the people that knew it for him. And I was like, right, damn, right. you don't have to do everything. You got to find the things that you do well and only do those things. Everything else, hire someone else to do it. So after a few months of having an assistant and realizing that, okay, my hustle is definitely going to be strong enough to take care of myself and an assistant, hire somebody else. Now I need... Mm-hmm. So that's when I hired Eli, like get someone who can like run operations, you know, business development, yeah. taxes, the shit that like, I don't want, I, I ain't got time for that shit. I need to be out here making money. If it ain't making money <laughs> right. and drawing pictures and talking to tailors, I don't really need to be doing it. Um, yeah. And that was just, that was just the mentality, you know, like you can go far alone, but you can go much further and much faster with a team. You know, we've For all sure. we've all had sure. our car break. Well, not maybe all of us, but most of us have had our car break down in the middle of the street. And you're like, damn, man, I got to push this junk yeah. to the gas station. And you put it in neutral and yeah. you get behind it and you pushing and you try to hop in the stair, make sure you don't get off. And then you get back out and you push. And yeah, you might get there, but it probably take you a little minute. You can be nice and sweaty. But if three yeah. other people pull their cars over, and they push while you hop inside and you guide, you will get there much faster with much less stress right. and friction. And that, that yeah. same concept just really applies to business. Like, you know, you don't have to do everything. Um, yeah. And I think once I really took that to heart, it's like, this is the way you have to operate. It's not even optional. Because otherwise, you're not a business owner. You're just self-employed. I don't want to be self-employed. For sure. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you put you you on your own payroll, just just circling your <laughs> circling yeah. more tasks. Yeah, yeah, man. Now that's a that's a, that's insightful when you think about it, especially from the last perspective of if you the boss, you the CEO, you have to consistently be thinking about the growth of the business and not waste not not wasting your time, but not spending too much time in the inner workings of the business, yeah. right? Because again, at that point, your business is gonna just be it's gonna be a circle, it's gonna cycle. And you might you might get five more clients, you know what I'm saying? But at this at the same scale, you don't have enough, you, you there's no way that you can grow because you're so focused on work right. versus the work, right. right? The empire, the business, and doing it that way. Uh, 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 when you when you're able to to really understand that and focus on that and have that team around you. Um, but yeah, like that was again, bro. When you said that to me, that really resonated. Um, and that's how I got to where I am today from that mindset of, of, of getting that team and getting those dogs that are in those pots that's going to look out, but they know they stuff because, you know, that Henry Ford model, like, boom. I, and again, I'm trusting you enough to when I call on you, you the expert right. and I'm giving you the space to be the expert. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
you are the expert. Um, and again, that's that's how that's how great teams are built. Now, getting into uh, one, I got a couple more I questions for you, my guy. One question I got um, over this time, and I think I know the answer to this. But over this time, what was the absolute worst piece of advice anybody ever mm-hmm. gave you? Right, mm-hmm. the worst piece of advice that they ever gave you. Um. <laughs> oh my god because i've gotten a lot of bad advice um because <laughs> everybody everybody want to uh just pour into you like i didn't ask i asked for all that like yeah. <laughs> i mean i think in hindsight the the worst piece of advice i ever got was is this cat jake and uh me and jake was real tight um he was kind of acting as like my my manager, if you will, you know, just trying to help me get my shit more organized. And and this was before I really launched Rich Fresh. Um, but, I, you know, I just hollered at him um, after, you know, after I, I got out the shelter and was like, OK, I'm going to really do this shit. Um, I'm going to really do this shit. I, I sat down with him and I was like, man, I got this idea and I showed him these track pants. And um, he's like, what are those? I'm like, this this going to be my new product, bro. He's like, neoprene track pants? I'm like, yeah. He's like, bro, you know one trying to wear that shit. <laughs> I was like, what? He's like, bro, you're a suit maker, dog. You need to stick to suits. Like, ain't no one, ain't no one trying to get motherfucking <laughs> jogging pants and track. Like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? Like, dog, you're going to ruin your career trying to do that shit that's not your lane i was like bro i i'm quite confident that people gonna want to rock this she's like bro i think it's a stupid idea i don't think anyone's gonna want to wear no fucking neoprene and how much you trying to charge for it <laughs> and back then you know what i'm saying i was charging a thousand dollars for a pair of neoprene pants he's like you crazy as shit ain't no one finna spend a thousand dollars and yeah. um i was like you know what you're no longer qualified to give me any more advice and that was it <laughs> yeah <laughs> but I can't imagine. Man, and, and I can't imagine. How, I was about to say, imagine had we not had the neoprene track pants. Uh, but I think, I think even that though, I don't think you'd be rich fresh no. without that. You know, what I'm saying you'd be, you'd be a cold suit maker. Yeah. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't. But, I wouldn't but, be a drip god. Yeah, right, right, right. Okay, okay. Worst piece, worst oh, yeah. piece. Uh what about what about the best piece? Best piece of advice you and ever actually, got? Actually, that ain't even the worst piece. The worst piece okay. was the guy <laughs> in Memphis. I told this cat that I was moving to uh Cali because I had just come back from New York. Um I, I moved to New York for like seven months and then the market crashed and I moved back, got custody of my daughter, and I saw him one day at a fe- at a FedEx Kinko's. Um no, I saw him at an Office Max. And I, I was getting some shit printed. And he's like, yo, what's up, baby? I'm like, oh, chilling. What's good? Yo, man, what's good with you, bro? I'm like, man, you know, shit, about to get up out of here. Bro, get out of here. What, what are you talking about? I'm like, man, I'm man, I'm about to make a move. You're like, nigga, you just got back. I'm like, yeah, I know, yeah. bro. But, you know, Memphis, Memphis can't, it ain't big enough for my hustle, bro. He's like, dog, listen to me, listen to me. You a big fish in a small pond. You want to go all the way? Where are you trying to go? I was like, L.A., hell no, nigga. What? I was like, yeah, oh, hell yeah. You, you're trying to be a minnow in the ocean or a big fish in a pond? Yeah. He's like, bro, you could, you a whale out here. You a whale. 
And I remember looking at him yeah. and I said, whales don't belong in a pond. Mm. Whales don't belong yeah. in a pond. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. No, bro, I got to get right. the fuck out of here. I got to go where I can at least yeah. see some opportunity. And he was like, bro, I don't know about that, P. Like, that's, bro, it's a tough market out there. I'm like, bro, they speak English and they got money. I'm going to go out there and get some money. <laughs> right. Um, right, right. So I can I can figure everything else everything yeah. else out. You know what I'm saying? Uh oh, uh-huh. I can I can I can figure everything everything else out, man. Nah, straight up. But like straight fear, up. you know what I'm saying? But I mean, that if I was if I was more susceptible, that would have planted fear in my soul. You know what I'm saying? Because I had never been to yeah. Los Angeles before. I'd never been to Cali. You know, and I didn't have okay. shit. Hell, I left Memphis with five hundred dollars and a kid. And no prospect of making money. I was just like, fuck it. I got to make a move. But, you know, had I heard that shit and been scared, then there also would be no Rich Fresh. You know what I mean? So those are two bad pieces of advice that I'm glad I did not take. Yeah. (laughs) Good, good. I'm glad you ain't take it either, bro. I'm glad you ain't take it either. Now, we in February, right? February is Black History Mm -hmm. Month. My guy, man, from, from, from one brother to another bro uh when something happens to your kitchen you might say this is ludicrous but that won't fix your home that will only get you the rapper ludicrous having trouble don't panic don't be alarmed you need to file a claim holla at state farm like a good neighbor state farm is there that's right you can file a claim on the app or call us thanks mr chris no matter how ludicrous the situation like a good neighbor State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Uh, you are Black History, straight up, man. You are Black History, and and, and kudos to you on that, man. Got to give you your flowers, bro. You've changed the game, honestly. Um, when it comes to this fashion stuff, right? And and again, those that don't know the full Rich Fresh journey, go listen. Uh, uh the story again, just just from how he he said it, man. Brother was in shelters, you know, uh, uh rubbing two nickels together, and now. I'm talking about you, you dropped the Calabasas reference on, you know, the, you know, the spotted Calabasas, you know, but just being able to do it off of, off of sheer will and passion uh, to be able to get to this point, man. Again, you are black history. <clears throat> I got one question about history, right? About black history for you, man. Um, coming from Memphis, obviously Memphis is a big part of civil rights of, of uh, uh, you know the 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 black rise to where we are today, historically, bro. Any any historical figure that really just kind of stood out for you that's really kind of cemented themselves in you and really like you like yo, I I love so and so. Um, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I always got to shout out my pops. Um. Because he was, he was very defiant, you know, he, um, actually, yeah, I'm gonna start with my pops. You know, he came from nothing, you know what I mean? He came from nothing. He came from Akron, Ohio, the country, um, you know, grew up poor, but he had big dreams, you know what I mean? And so he went to the military and just made sure that he was the best. He always had this thing about being the best. Because it didn't matter what your background was. If you can elevate yourself to the ranks of the best, your background no longer yeah. matters. Um, your potential is just, like, so much greater. 
And then, you know, he got into sales and, and um, every company that he landed at doing sales, he was always number one, always number one. So we always saw this man working hard. And, you know, my pops was young, you know, he was 20 when he had me. So I always got to see this young black man and he was never in spaces where there were other blacks at Um, he didn't let his race be a, a, a crutch. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh man, man yeah. holding me back. He viewed it as even more like shit. I'm the only black man in this environment. I got to do twice what they're expecting. That was always yeah. his mentality. Yeah. So I always saw black excellence in my own household. Like, I, you know, my pops, yeah. was, I never saw him being lazy and like, oh, what was me? I can't. I always saw him like, man, tighten your belt. Get out there and go get it. He was always yeah. had his face in a book, getting another degree, getting another degree, getting his MBA. So I saw that. And even though it wasn't really applied to entrepreneurship, I just saw a certain character. And I knew that yeah. I wanted to be an entrepreneur because I saw the struggles that he had working for white America. Um, and yeah. I was like, nah, I want to figure out how to work from my own establishment but with the same type of work ethic and drive. So, you know, that for me was was powerful because, like, I've never felt, and, you know, I mean, I've just never felt less than. I've always felt superior. I've always yeah. felt like, you yeah. know, if you can do it, I can do it twice as good as you can do it. Um, so for me, that, that was always real helpful. Secondly, you know, I mean, you got, like, Oswald Botain, you know, even though I've never met the man, he was the first like prominent black tailor designer on Savile Row. Yeah. He was the only one. So yeah. just seeing that yes. and like he wasn't, you know, hiding himself. He was colorful then. He was doing purple suits, yeah. orange suits. Oh, yo, what's up? I'm Oswald. You know, he was like brash and abrasive in a in, a, in an yeah. environment that didn't even really want to accept him, but they had no choice because the motherfucker was yeah. cold and his personality was like, you're not going to overlook me. So, you know, when I got in the tailoring space, um, like in Memphis is different because, you know, Memphis is a black city. But coming out to L.A., I didn't see black tailors in L.A. All I saw yeah. were white tailors, yeah. Italian tailors, um, you know, just I just didn't see us. And it was very important for me to be abrasive and loud, you know what I'm saying? Have the funky yeah. hair, have the tattoos, have this personality that's like, motherfucker, I'm gonna eat your lunch. And you ain't yeah. got no choice. Yeah. Um, so for me, that was really helpful. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, everyone always, everyone quotes Dr. King. Um, and I think more so Dr. King towards the end of his life, when he realized that the real power is economic power. And it's not the the passive response to violence. That's not yeah, where we get our right. power from. Power is an economic right. power, being able to create our own resources, fuel those resources back into our own communities, empower our own people, and stand on that. You know what I'm saying? That like I don't hundred percent agree with the concept of desegregation. You know, I think that we should have had some things that were our own. 
Um, and I yeah. think that the concept Agreed. of uh, desegregation made us value our own shit less. You know, yeah, and facts. towards the end facts. of his life, he realized that that was the big mistake that he made throughout all of his yeah. marches. He was preaching the wrong message. He should have been preaching value your shit more. Um, yeah. And again, that's, you know, that's what that's what got him taken out. We all know. That's what God took. Yeah, for sure. That's what God. Once he started talking yeah. about that, then they were like, oh, no, yeah. we can't have this. Nah. So, you know, just nah. take, you know, just just move, move, moving like that, like. I love seeing black people win. Like, I mean, I love seeing everyone win. I don't hate anybody, but I love black folk. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I love yeah, seeing right, us win. Right. And if I'm going to do something for anybody right. else, I'm going to do twice as much for someone who looks like me. Yeah, for sure. For sure, man. For sure. Well, my, my guy, Fresh, man, I, I appreciate you lending your time to us today here on the Check-In with Black Men's Where Guys, today was sponsored by our good neighbors at State Farm, um, for us having this conversation today on Rich Fresh, um, the Rich Fresh, Black History in the Flesh, Rich Fresh, the man that said, what? Gucci Tom Ford? Yeah, I'm Rich Fresh. Like, you better understand <laughs> who I am uh, and, and really put on for changing the game and putting us in a spot where we are on the same level playing field. We do. We ought to feel as though we are. We get access. We got access now to the same things they got access to. We have the abilities. Our creativity juices may flow a little bit more. I'm a I'm a strong believer in that. But for you, bro, changing the game for us, making it okay to be excellent, making it okay to be at the top of your game, um, but being true to who you are the whole way through, bro. The whole way through, bro. I appreciate you, and again. Allow me to give you your flowers, my guy, uh, for what you're doing to shift to shift that. And I can't wait uh, until I come to LA because I'm getting I'm getting some shoes. Oh, I'm yeah. getting some of these some of these these drop shoes. Uh, so I can I cannot wait for that, bro. That's love, bro. I can't wait either. It's going it's going to be powerful. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, bro. Well, I appreciate you, my brother, and safe safe uh, uh, times for you uh, um, out there in L.A., man. And again, I can't wait to see you, God, brother, and God bless you, bro, and much love. My man. Knowing the past opens a door to the future, and at State Farm, they're committed to black futures. In collaboration with organizations like the 100 Black Men and the National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for savings and investing while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor... State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.